Hi, this is Rosalinda, the host of Faith Fuel Podcast, the show where we hear voices of people transforming the world for Jesus. Pastors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and world changers. So sit down, relax, or keep it driving. It's time to get some wholehearted, wide open, and yes, sometimes side-splitting encouragement and direction for your life. So get ready to get fired up. When we fall into a situation that can test us, we don't want to run from it because we can grow from it. Maybe you have faced a problem that required some problem solving, you know? I have to be honest with you, I can't stand to feel stuck. Well, we went to Florida and we are in downtown Hollywood and little Victor goes, mom, look at that. And across the street, there's something called an escape room. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I'm not paying 25 bucks to go into a little room where I have to problem solve to get out. He convinced us, we go in and I have to tell you, It was one of the funnest things I have ever done. But when we walked in, we immediately started working alone. Carlos was in one corner. Victor was in one corner. I was in one corner. And we were getting nowhere fast. And the time was ticking. But all of a sudden, we started working on each other's problems. We started working with each other. And before you knew it, we slipped out of the first room and got into the second one. By the time we were in the second, we were in a groove because we were working as a team. When we begin to help each other with each other's problems, that is when we got out of the escape room with 10 minutes to spare, I might add. Look, we all face challenges You know, a sickness maybe that we're dealing with, a relationship back home. Maybe there's a relationship we've been having issues with. Maybe there's a financial burden that has been tying you down. Well, here's what I learned. There are two ways to deal with a problem. Man's way and God's way, right? Man's way and God's way. How many of you have done it your own way? Say amen. But look, we can learn from the Bible. There's so many examples of this. Too often, we look at a situation and we go, let's figure it out on our own instead of going to the scripture. Well, Jesus, he has to feed the 5,000 in Mark. And the problem that needed to be solved is that there was no food. So, of course, there's a common sense response. Like, that's a wrap. The sermon's over. Go home, eat at home, and come back. The second response was what some of the disciples had mentioned in the word and they said, well, we can spend a whole year, half of a whole year's salary and try to feed them. But the reality is that Jesus had a whole nother idea. The disciples didn't even consider that Jesus was a problem solver, amen? And he ends up taking the fishes and the loaves and he miraculously feeds everybody. You know, we're going to discover that the key to your breakthrough lies in trusting God and helping others. This is the second one, helping others get our breakthrough. Amen. So we got to trust God. And the second one is help others get their breakthrough. You see, when you bless others, God will bless you. There is a secret to solving problems. We all face challenges in life. You know, whether it's a financial hurdle, a dream that just seems impossible, maybe building back trust, 
with family members, maybe repairing a relationship that we don't know on our own how we can bring healing to. Maybe you feel like you've been praying and believing and you're like, God, why aren't you answering me? And you come to the altar with the same prayer over and over. Well, here is what you have to do. And this is gold. I want to give this to you is that you have to take the focus off yourself. Amen. And be good to others to take your focus off of you and put your focus on the needs of others. As you sow a seed, that's what's going to bring the harvest that you're waiting for. Sometimes focusing on the needs of others, God will provide for your own need. You know, you might be thinking like, you're kidding me. You know, I really can't do that. I can't go help somebody because I have my own issues. You know, there's no way I'm on the way to, to an office meeting and I can't be late. I can't stop and help somebody with a flat tire. Hey, Pastor Rosa, there's no way. You don't know. I've got so much going on. I can't go volunteer at church. I can't go help my neighbor. I've got a whole lot going on. And what happens is we begin to focus on our own problems and spending energy to fix your own situation. But here's what I want you to know tonight. You need to know this, is that if you take your hand off of your problem, God will put his hand on your problem, amen? If you take your hands off of your problem, then you're making room for God to put his hands on your situation and he will make things happen that you can't make happen for yourself. You've tried to make something work and the minute you back off of it, God goes, here, who's just waiting? I had this door all along for you. But so many times we focus in on our problems. Well, here is where it gets good. While you are working on the situation of others, God is working on your situation. When you are helping somebody else, God already is working on your situation. There's going to be times that your breakthrough is connected to helping somebody else get their breakthrough. You know, we tend to be a little self-centered, amen? Sometimes we're so focused in and we don't see anybody to our right or left. But God's saying, man, you would just go steady on this. Let me handle your stuff. You go over here and help brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so and let me take care of it. When God takes care of your situation, it turns out a whole lot better, amen? You know, here's the thing is it maybe. You have been praying persistently and powerfully and passionately, and you've been standing in faith, but nothing is improving. Well, now, exactly now would be the time for you to put your attention and go be a blessing to someone else. You know, start looking around, ask the Lord to show you an opportunity. You know, I can't tell you how many times the Lord has put somebody in front of me and I, I haven't always been obedient. But I'll never forget, there was a time where I was in the line at Kroger and the Lord was nudging me to help this woman and pay for her meal. And I just actually, my pride got in the way and I kind of thought, well, I don't want her to feel embarrassed. I don't want her to reject me. How many of you know it was really like our pride holds us back from so much? Well, I just said, nope, I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit and I'm going to take care of this bill. Well, as she went through the register, 
We begin to talk, and it turns out, she said, I know your daddy, and I used to bring my grandkids, and I would bring them over to your services when y'all would have that outdoor services. I really walked away as the winner because I was so touched. Well, little did I know I was going to end up in Costco the week afterwards. And I started putting everything on the aisle, and I was ready to pay, and it turned out I left my credit card. So I began taking everything off and I kept exactly what I need. Well, really, the thing I took off of the aisle was like so important to me, but it was so expensive. So I put it back and it was coffee. Come on, somebody. Okay. I just felt like I was rejecting God when I put that coffee over here. It's like his provision. And I didn't want to. And it was a big box. It was a Costco box. You know, this is like habit coffee, you know. And so I put it away and I began ringing it up. And all of a sudden, the cashier said, go get that box for me for a second. I said, oh, sure. You know how um, maybe they didn't want me to leave it on the other aisle. And she says, can I have your card, your membership card? And I was like, ooh, there must be a problem, right? Because sometimes my secretary takes my card and tries to act like she's me at Costco. We're admitting it for all of our friends watching. And so I was like, ooh, I'm going down at Costco over a bunch of coffee. Lord, have mercy. I always wanted to be arrested for Jesus, but not over coffee, okay? So... All of a sudden, she reached into her pocket and paid for my coffee and then lowered her mask. And she said, Pastor Rosa, I listen to you and I love your ministry. How many of you know when you plant a seed and you focus on the needs of others, God's got yours taken care of? Come on, praise him like he's done something for you. Praise him like he's made a way for you. So look, God is, he's so good and he is busy solving your problems. If you are helping others, you might not be able to see it, but God is lining up blessings for you. Amen? He has got opportunities. He has breakthroughs. He's got healings. He's even got relationships. Amen? God relationships, right? So look, when I was very young, growing up in New Life Outreach, my parents started the church in our basement. Well, at a certain point, we couldn't fit there anymore. So guess what? We rented a little daycare called Happy Days Daycare. I was 10 years old. Guess where that daycare was? It was right up the street on Turner Road. Who would have ever told the story when we were busting in the seams? We had like 50 people in that daycare, man. We were blowing up, you know? We had all these people in this daycare that one day we were gonna need to expand our building well, my dad began to ask to pray and give to a building fund. And at the same time, they began to sow seeds into the community. They began to reach young women and young men that were struggling. They began to plant seeds even in other countries and help other ministries. And the church gave even though they needed the finances, even though we had a building fund. But instead of collecting one more offering for the church, my mom and dad sowed seeds into the lives of people who were desperate for hope. Amen. And I talked to my dad and I said, what else did we do during that time when we were trying to pay off the land for this place right here? He said, we increased our missions budget. You see, my father understood the principle that if you help reach out those in need, God will help you with your problem. How many of you have seen God do that in your life? Look, Proverbs 11.24 says this. I know it doesn't make sense to you sometimes. Like, how do I give when I have a need? But it says this. It is possible to give away 
and become richer. It is possible to give away and become richer. It is also possible to hold on too tightly and lose everything. How many of you know we got to become a giver? You see, here's the challenge. Everything in you is going to want to say, man, I got to stay focused. I have my own issues. This mountain is so big. You don't know. I'm so close. I've been dealing with this issue. And you're, everything inside of you is going to want to focus in on your problem. And you may say, PR, that's what they call me, Pastor Rosa. PR, I can't help others until this problem is solved. Well, here's the reality. No, you can help others. And when you take your eyes off of your situation and begin to give your talents, your time, your energy, that is what it's going to take to open the windows of heaven. How many of you guys want the windows of heaven to open up over your life? How many of you have had something that you have been praying on and praying on and you are still believing God for a victory in that situation? It might be family. It might be your children. It might be your finances. How many of you need a moment where God pours out his glory on you? You would have thought when my parents gave away the funds to missions or to our outreaches that it would have kept us from expanding the building, but it was just the opposite. You see, funds came in for the land and the building, and do you know that we ended up paying this land cash? Where did it start? I really believe it started when they took their eyes off of the big problem here, began to put their eyes on the needs of others. It was a lot of money to buy this land, but they didn't just pray about it. They began to solve somebody else's problems. See, when you put your eyes on somebody else, when you help somebody else, how many of you know God is helping you? You see, God will make sure your dream comes to pass. And that's why we can't focus on ourselves. It can't be about my issues, my needs. You know, you don't know what I'm going through, my finances. Get your mind off of your things and go be a blessing. You see, sowing a seed isn't always money. Sometimes it's your time, right? Sometimes it means that you got to say no to your agenda and say yes to God's agenda. See, we got to learn how to take our eyes off of our need. We have to sow encouragement. The scripture says in Proverbs 3, 27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. I tell you, the more you walk with the Lord, the more sensitive you're going to become to this. You see, when you help solve their problem, you're not just being good to them. You are setting in motion a miracle for yourself. But what is the word of God said? Is that when you give, it'll come back to you, pressed down, shaking together and running over. So you might give to your friend in a little way, but God goes, man, I saw that. I saw what you did. I got you. See, he sees what you do. So many times we're so caught up in that we want people to see what we're doing. Oh, I wonder if they ever notice what I do. Man, I work so hard. I wonder if they see what happens behind the scenes. I wonder if my boss ever sees that. I wonder if my kids notice, you know, how much I love them. But how many of you know that God sees everything and he is working it all out? Amen. Well, in Orcutt Lane, going back to that little church, my dad and my mom begin reaching people. 
you know, on the streets and bringing him into our house. But one of the men that they reached was a guy named Little Joe. And so many of you guys know my dad's story. He came off of a life of gangs and drugs. He was a warlord of a gang called the Roman Lords. But there was the leader of that gang, and his name was Little Joe. And I'm not kidding. He was little. My dad is this big old guy, and here's Little Joe. I don't know how he was the president of that gang. He was a leader of that gang. And something happened to Little Joe. Little Joe ends up, years later, he, he met somebody, and he ends up taking care of an elderly woman who had one son, and the son passed away. And when the elderly woman passed away, she left a ton of money to little Joe. Well, at that same time, mom and dad were working on the building project and they needed a certain amount of money, $55,000 to end up paying off the property. And you know what? God saw the seeds that they were planting. Instead of you know, going after their need, they begin reaching and planting and sowing seeds in Mexico and sowing seeds in our community here in Richmond, all over the place. Well, little Joe gave my mom and dad a call one day and said, hey, Victor, I've got this wad of cash and I don't give it to you. I'm going to lose it. And now my dad, knowing where he comes from, had to do all of his homework, call, make sure the lawyer, this ain't mafia money, right? This ain't, this ain't drug money. I want to make sure. Sure enough, it was legit. The lady really left him the money. And do you know that little Joe stroked out a check that paid off the land? See, the seed that you sow will continue to produce. Look, when you're in a difficult time, more than ever, you have to look for an opportunity to sow a seed and to do good. In the Bible, in 2 Kings 19, King Hezekiah is on the throne. He was one of David's descendants. And now the Syrian army is surrounding them. And it doesn't look good for him at all. The people of Judah were about to attack they were stronger. Hezekiah didn't stand a chance. I mean, for sure, this guy was going down. But Isaiah the prophet told him this. He goes like, look, this is what the Lord wants me to tell you. And he says that the Syrian army will not enter Jerusalem. They won't shoot their arrows for the city wall, but they're going to go home in defeat. Now, in the natural, that didn't look like it could possibly happen. That night, the Lord destroyed... 185,000 of the enemy troops, right? And the rest of them went back home in defeat. So Hezekiah, he is excited. He's like, oh my goodness, I thought we were going down. They were surrounding us. It didn't look good. But the prophet said, don't worry. It's not going down like that. How many of you know sometimes we worry and God goes, it's not going down like that because he's got a whole nother plan. So Hezekiah, he is thrilled. But then he thought to himself one question. Why did God show me so much favor? And Isaiah says in verse 34, Hezekiah, God didn't do this because of anything you did. He protected you for the sake of his servant, David. But here's what I want you to understand. Is that that happened 305 years after the reign of David. Because when you sow in obedience, it's not just for you, but it's for the next generation and the next generation and your children and their children. Amen. 
I mean, I look at our family and I see the life my mom and dad came out of and they came to know the Lord. And I think that's amazing. And us kids, we grew up serving God, but so are our kids serving God today. How many of you are ready for a generational blessing in your life? Invite Rosalinda to speak at your meeting or group. Go to rosalinda.live for more details. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get more at rosalinda.live. If you experience it, we'll examine it. If God's word says it, we'll stand on it. And when you're feeling faint, we are here with your faith fuel. I'm Rosalinda Rivera. We'll chat again soon. This podcast was brought to you by New Life for Adults and Youth, celebrating 50 years of restoring broken lives. If you or a family member has been struggling with addiction, New Life for Adults and Youth is the answer. Visit them at newlife.center.